Do you enjoy firecrackers, shooting small furry animals with big guns, and of course, wrestling? Is your ideal date anyone not directly related to you? That's what the Lowered Expectations Dating Service is here to help you find. Our catalog of killers is packed with singles just like you, where you can pick up your own one-eyed dreamboat. Henry, number 690. Howdy, I'm Henry, also known as the One-Eyed Drifter, hailing from Blacksburg, Virginia. But I frequent the luxurious penitentiaries all across this great U.S. of A. I'm what you would consider a, a real Southern Prince Charming. But I ain't just about getting in them britches. Now, my teeth, for what's left of them, may be a little crooked, and I may only have one eyeball. And I may stink to high heaven, but I can still turn a woman on hotter than warm butter and mama's biscuits with all the fixings, if you know what I mean. Believe you me, you'll have a hankering for me if you let me into that pudding. If you were my sugar bugger, I'd treat you like that sugar cube and let you melt my mouth. How about this? How about I won't stop till the Chevy's stuck in the mud, if you know what I mean. I'd love to take you around down under and show you all the best hen houses out here. Because I love all God's creatures, but I love killing them even more. Um, okay. So, welcome, Kendra. Special guest. Great to be here. Thanks for coming. Thanks for bringing some booze. All right, so I know you guys been watching the YouTube. We've been doing the little clips instead of the full episodes. We have the full episodes on there for our Patreon members. So if you want to see the full episodes each week, go to talkmore.com slash join. And you must be a Taco Nacho or Supremo to see those videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and August 1st, which is next Sunday. Sundays are our recording days, so we need to pick a time, probably like 1 p.m. We're going to have these live streamed on patreon right mm-hmm. so we are finally doing that we have the videos recording now we're going to do like little snippets and we got the studio all nice so look forward to that if you're a member or supporter of us if not you can just see the highlights of each case on youtube that's all i got perfect Sweet. yep welcome to our newest patreon members we have Two new Supremos this week, Nicholas and Laura. Thank you very much for joining. And uh, we've got a very special surprise shot request for Dee this week, who um, upped once again to be a a Supremo um, member. So Thanks, Dee. We are doing a surprise shot just for Dee. Well, Dee, this one goes out to you. Surprise shots. Oh, that was weird. I have to start over. You get one and a half songs. Surprise shots. Surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. Cheers, D. She did not request the specific one. I actually picked this one based on our, our Bud Light throwback seltzers that you bought us, Jen. Oh, I'm interested, but cheers. Blue raspberry liquor? Yes. Vodka? Yes. Everyone, thank you so much for going to the blog. I've been trying to write.
better or just less shitty, I guess. It's been getting a little better. But uh, thanks, everyone, for sharing it. We got some comments for the Tyler Hadley party story. Remember the seven, 17-year-old that threw the party in, her, in his house and killed his parents and left him in the next room? This comment's from Will. He says, fun fact, my mom went over to that party two or three times to, t- to tell them to turn down the music because it was keeping me awake whilst rec- recovering from surgery. Wow. Wow. Yeah, but uh, that's crazy. They went. His mom went. Yeah, over there. that's wild. Yeah, she lives to tell the tale. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he killed his parents before the party, so like she, the guests were safe. They were just in the house with dead but bodies. But still, like, it, still re- it was an adult too. Yeah, had a wanted her dead. Crazy. Um, and I will say, Kendall sent us a message on Patreon thanking us for covering the, uh, uh. Hammer, uh, the other hammer case. Oh, I'm the, thinking, forgetting the name. Three guys, one hammer. Mm-hmm. Three guys, one hammer. That's yeah, that was in interesting. Hole. Too bad we're not doing that one today for you. Oh yeah. Oh no. So oh, that that one is on I, YouTube. We have the whole video there, but it's blurred out and it is fucking terrible, man. I also, I mean anything that says three guys, one hammer. I mean you know it's not gonna end well. It's pretty bad. All right, let's get started. This is a crazy case that, I don't know, this one really pissed me off. Not because it's bad or gruesome or anything. It's just really fucking hard to follow. And you're about to see why here in a second. But I think the best place to start this is of one pretty infamous murder that happened. Ooh. And we'll put some of these clippets on YouTube and like I said, for the supporters out there, the full video will be for you. We're not going to edit it or anything, unless I say something stupid, then I'll edit it, obviously. But only him. Correct. Yeah. It's been a frustrating five days since six-year-old Adam Walsh was... Y'all know who this is? His disappearance has prompted community-wide concern in South Broward. Do you know who that is? Late this afternoon, volunteers nope. met Adam Walsh. parents to continue their search. Close to tears, John Walsh stood on a car asking people not to give up hope. We've searched and searched for Adam, and we haven't found a body. So everybody. He is very distraught right now. Is he from the Midwest or Wisconsin, perhaps? You people have searched so hard. Minnesota, perhaps? What we can do now is get these flyers in everybody's hands because the police are He looks like one of the Brady's. Nobody's really come forth. And the clues. Alright, who you're looking at right now on the screen, and I'll put all these photos on talkmurder.com. This is episode 246. Ooh. Jesus Christ. What am I doing with my life? 246 of these damn things. Who you're looking at right now is Adam Walsh. And because y'all don't know who that is, y'all obviously don't know true crime. You haven't heard that name before, Walsh? Adam Walsh's case was closed in 2008. However, this photo, as you can tell, did not come from 2008. This was a photo in the 80s. July 27, 1981. This is six-year-old Adam Walsh. He was in Hollywood, Florida, at the mall. And if you've heard of that mall before, that is or was a popular spot for a serial killer, Jeffrey Dahmer. He would always be around that Ah, mall. However, this is not a story about Jeffrey Dahmer. The serial killer that killed this kid, Adam Walsh, 
was at the mall on July 27th, 1981, the same day that Jeffrey Dahmer was. However, they don't know each other or they didn't know each other at the time. It was just coincidental that both serial killers were spotted around the same mall. So That's basically, an incredible coincidence. Yeah. So basically, stay the fuck away from that mall. <laughs> Is it still open? Malls are slowly dying. Yeah. Yeah, I think this one's... Uh, I don't think this one's open anymore. I couldn't find anything on it. Well, July 27, 1981 is... By the, uh, actually, like, on the day of the release of this episode yeah. will be the 30th, ep- uh, 30th anniversary. The case was closed in 2008. Six-year-old Adam Walsh. Now... This story gets a little crazy, and please try to follow me. But the father officially, in 2008, they've been searching for his killer for 30 years now. They officially came to the conclusion, and his father is on the video, on on the national uh, video talking about it, saying yes, the this man who we're going to talk about tonight, this serial killer is the one that killed my son. We are happy, not happy, but we are satisfied that we know this is the killer. The reason I'm harking on this is because a lot of other experts do not believe that this was the killer tonight. In fact, this killer admitted it, recanted it, then readmitted it on his deathbed. Hmm. Okay. No one knows if he's a killer. A lot of people think Dahmer killed him. This kid huh. was this kid was last seen in the Sears parking lot. The stories conflict here, but basically July 27th, 1981, he was playing Atari. And I don't know if you've ever been to Sears back in the day, but uh, I, I wasn't there when Atari was there. But when uh, Dreamcast, I remember we used to go play Dreamcast at Sears all the time. They would have this little TV in this glass case. And you would just play. He was there playing Atari. However, there were some older kids in front of him, and he never really got to play. And these older kids were being loud. They were causing a ruckus, you know, fighting with the Atari or whatever, fighting over the controller. The security guard finally came up and said, all right, everyone get the hell out. You guys are making too much noise. All these kids who were 10 to 12 years old were hanging out together. However, Adam Walsh, six years old, he walked off from his mom after his mom was shopping for, I think it was lamps or vacuum cleaners or something. He was just going to go play Atari. He got kicked out as well. But guess what? He's not a part of this older group. So he's just standing there at six years old in the Sears parking lot. And either a blue van, if you're in the Jeffrey Dahmer case, pulls up or a Cadillac pulls up. If you're in this killer we're talking about tonight's case. However, the father says, quote, today is a reaffirmation of the fact that he didn't die in vain, end quote. An emotional Mr. Walsh said, quote, for all the other victims who haven't gotten justice, I say one thing, don't give up hope. He also added, this is a wonderful day in spite of why we're here, end quote. Now, he didn't die in vain, if you would like to to say that. His death did bring other fruitful things and other cases being solved. His father, John Walsh, is the host of America's Most Wanted. Oh. Y'all did not know that. Yeah, I did. I was wondering if there was a connection with the name. Oh, my God. Well, I didn't you recognize, saw his face. I didn't looks, recognize him, but I, he yeah. looks just like him, just well, thirty years younger. Well, well, okay, actually, <laughs> I, I messed not up. I messed up. It's forty years because 
It's 40 years. But <laughs> that's okay. Remember the Declaration of Independence map? <laughs> if you look at the... Yeah, it is 40 years, you asshole. And you got me all messed up. I'm sorry. I'm still thinking that it's like... It's 2010. <laughs> I, I still think that 1990 was 10 years ago. It's uh, fine. Also true. If you go back and watch that video again, you can see how emotional John Walsh was. He got on, he gets on a car. I mean, who's going to, I mean, you got to be dead set on finding your son. He gets on a car. Listen, everyone. Thank you so much. Please do not stop looking. We haven't found a body yet. That's a good sign. Okay. Two weeks later, they do find John Walsh's, or excuse me, they do find his son's head, severed head. So after that, he started America's Most Wanted because he said, quote, it's enough, end quote. That's his famous Famous kind of words for starting it. Is it's America's enough. Most Wanted still on? Oh, yeah, it's still on. I think they just brought it back, actually. Kind of like Unsolved Mysteries and stuff? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure, though. But um, I know he is still married to the same woman for 50 them. years. And they he's been, I mean, it, this is 2008 when they officially declared the case closed. 2008. And a lot of the time was spent on Jeffrey Dahmer. Because they believe mm-hmm. Jeffrey Dahmer abducted him. Because Jeffrey Dahmer was also in the exact location of where the body was, or where the head was found. I always thought that Jeffrey Dahmer was in Milwaukee and did all his murders there. Yeah, that's I thought he was in Wisconsin. <sighs> well, he is was out, he was at this mall. I'm that's telling you that right crazy. now. He was. At, I haven't done his story, but he what was at this mall. What a coincidence! He actually said that he didn't do it. And he has nothing to live for. He was already on death row. It's not like he's going to get any special treatment. Did, In fact, he would get more treatment if, if he, he can com- confess yeah. to it. But he said something like, if I did it, I would tell I you. I've told you all these other ones. I didn't do it. Did John Walsh think that Jeffrey Dahmer was involved since he was such a big name? Yeah, for a time. And the, the big thing about the case was there was a blue van spotted by someone that was... Uh, passing by a, a blue van. A blue van was there. He just wasn't the one that abducted this particular child. A blue van apparently was there, and they did see someone that looked like Dahmer, Dahmer dumping a, a white cooler out, which is also in the evidence. The blue van, apparently Dahmer worked when he was living in Florida at a company that had a blue van that you could just take whenever. Now, I don't know. There's books about it. I haven't done the Dahmer case. I have no idea. However, we're going tonight with the killer that John Walsh, the creator of America's Most Wanted, says that killed his son. So we're going to take that cool. for tonight. All right. And this dude did confess, even though he recanted, and then confessed again on his deathbed. See, Kendra, we could have died yesterday. We got into a blue van yesterday. We did get into a blue van <laughs> with two strangers. Did you get free candy? I feel like with all with 246 episodes under our belts, you would not have gotten into a van with a stranger. I was not walking. <laughs> oh my god! They had a kid, so it seems safe, unless they had kidnapped him. So we yeah. have done a story where they had kids, though. Yeah, to like make it feel. But also, okay. there were two of us. There yeah. were, and I, and before I actually got into the van, I looked to make sure there was no one in the back. It was just one row of seats. There was no one in the back that could overpower us. Well, I'm glad you have made it to episode 246 today. 
Another car had passed us and offered us a ride, and we said no. So he was we, creepy. We were using judgment. Okay. So, if there so, can be any judgment in accepting rides from strangers. I can't believe you guys said that. That was actually my plan to get a to get a ride back. She was like, she was like, uh, well, Kendra and I went to this float on the Endesa River yesterday, just for some context. And um, she was like, so how are we going to get back? And I was like, well, I'm thinking that someone will come up to us, see us walking, feel bad, and then offer us a ride. And then for the first like 15 minutes of us walking, everyone just drove past us until the guy stopped, the creepy old guy with the beard and the pickup truck. And we were like, no, thank you. And then we got into the van. Of course we did. Of course you got into the van. I mean, in our defense, too, like we would have called for a ride, but there was no service. True. So. Also making it worse on us, though, because we had no service. But most people aren't bad. Like <laughs> That's true. This is the man who John Wash says killed his son. Have you heard? Have you seen this does guy? Does that resemble the guy the in the guy pickup in truck? The pickup truck. <laughs> that totally the first ride. <laughs> this guy is a fucking monster, man. A monster. So I, I take it, Joe. Wait, what's John Walsh? Name? Joe Walsh is the kid. Adam no. Walsh. Adam, Adam Walsh. Yeah. Um, it was not the only victim here. Oh no! These victims. Well, there's two serial killers tonight, and ooh, a double feature. If you take their word for it, one of them has over 3,000. What? <laughs> but we don't know about that. You, you think that's an exaggeration? Yeah. I um, hope it is. This is Otis Tool, T-O-O-L-E, oh. or a lot of people, a lot of people down south call him Otis. That's his name down here. However, the northerners I've, I've seen in videos call him Otis. So I don't really? know, but is it one, uh, I one have T never or two. It's two T's. Oh, it is two T's on his birth record. Even though in his police interviews, when they ask him to spell it, he only puts one T in there. Huh? <laughs> kind of crazy. Well, if if I was reading it and saw two T's, I probably would pronounce it Otis, yeah. like Otter. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I mean, you don't see odors. PB and J Otter. Yeah. yeah, but describe this guy for us. Oh, he has a bad overbite. A uh, gap in his teeth, receding hairline, probably um, late 40s or 50s. Um, scruff, dark hair. Flat shirt. His uh, like drooping eyebrows and lids, and his eyes are a little f- too far spaced in his head. He is a big, big man, a giant, 6'8". Whoa! Wow. He's a big man. Did he play some b-ball? No. I saw that the newest Space Jam is out. It's okay. It's pretty and good. I, uh, I don't know. Like, can you top the original? No, you can't top the original. And I, I loved the original. I am not a LeBron James fan, but I yeah. watched it for Looney Tunes. And I will say it was not bad. But the thing that made it was all the cameos from the Warner Brother, Warner Brother characters, like other Warner Brother characters. It's worth watching, I'd say. Okay. Now, a little bit more about John Walsh's career. The shorts, Michael, the shorts. When, <laughs> when Adam Walsh was found, John Walsh, obviously, if you watch the video of him there, he's about to just break down. But he's got the, the fortitude and the will to actually get everyone going to find his son. He was not only on America's Most Wanted, but he started... Him and his wife, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Oh, that the board that's always up and in the Walmarts. 
I don't shop at Walmart. I shop shop at Target. In fact, I don't shop at all. Actually, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say um... I shop on Amazon because yeah. that shit's in the bed. <laughs> but no, I don't know, Jen. Tell us about Walmart. <laughs> I mean, whenever you walk into the store, there's like the pictures of all the the children. children. Yeah. He also created the Missing Children Act in 1982. I mean, that's awesome that he did so much. As a result of his personal tragedy. In 1983, Otis confessed to killing. Now, this is after they'd been down the Dahmer Road for two years. And this was a big case. This photo you're seeing of Adam Walsh with the baseball, that was, I mean, everyone knows that if, if you were alive back then. Like, if I showed that to my mom, she would know exactly who that is. I do remember seeing, uh, like, Supremo's request that, tool and um like it's a it's a big name and i guess it's because of joe walsh no well. it's not because of him no Mm-mm. no it's a big name because of their confessions okay there was a show on netflix i was gonna get to in a second i didn't watch it but it's i think it's five six episodes called the confession killers or the oh. confession killer and we're gonna get into why they confess so much if you were to believe Otis and his counterpart, Henry Lee Lucas, you would believe that they not only uh, shot Jimmy Hoffa, or they not only killed Jimmy Hoffa. The mob boss, The right? mob boss, but they also personally delivered the poison to Jim Jones that killed all of his supporters. What? They confessed to all of this stuff, and not only did they confess, but they were taking... They were taken as truthful. But like th- those things you don't think were true? How is he going to go all the way to Jonestown? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It was I'm like just in a saying, different country. Like, I, they're making these claims. Do they have any basis in truth? So they're or? in Florida. Then they go to Chicago to kill Jimmy Hoffa. Is that where Jimmy Hoffa was? Is I, I don't I know. So. I have no idea about that And guy. then they're going to go all the way to the other country, which I don't even remember where it was, to Jonestown. And then, it was in like Central America, wasn't it? Yeah. And then they're going to put the Kool-Aid poison in the Kool-Aid and kill Jim Jones. And Did his, you call all it Kool-Aid? People. Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid. That's what I said. You said Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. Kool-Aid. Like, Kool-Aid. No. No. Kool-Aid. They confessed to so many murders that there was a transportation issue. Okay, you killed this guy in Ohio, but how did you get to California in less than four hours and kill this person too? Right, that's what I'm saying. Like There's just no way. But the fact is, the police bought every nugget of it. And can you, can you guess why they did that? Why would they just take him at face value? Because they could solve some cases, yeah. He traveled the country on a private jet, staying in fancy hotels, eating in restaurants and cafes everywhere that he stopped, and generally being treated like royalty. In the police stations where he spent most of his time during each phase of confessions, he was given free reign to wander about, even being granted security codes to open doors. He wore his own clothes, rarely had to wear handcuffs, and was treated more like a consultant than a convict. All right, before I go any further, I need to credit this author, Ryan Green. We read a bunch of his books before. He is known for his unique writing style, his entertaining writing style. So this is his book, Trust Me, 
by Ryan Green, the true story of confession killer Henry Lee Lucas. So everything you're going to be reading, Nicole, okay, is from this book. This was Henry Lee Lucas that was traveling the country. And if you see him, the pictures, I'll put the pictures on talkmore.com. He's wearing like a nice suit. He's laughing with the cops because guess what? There's an incentive for the police, right? They're solving all these cases, you know, all these cases. I mean, this guy is just, yep, I killed him. I killed him. Huh? Like checking the boxes, like case closed. Yeah, but so there's an incentive for him to do that. Plus, this guy's on death row. He doesn't have anything to lose. Or actually, no, I'll take that back. He wasn't on death row, but then, and this is this is why they call him the confession killer. If you watch the thing on Netflix, and the reason this case pisses me off so much is because I'll try to research a murder, get really into it, and then it's like, oh, he didn't do it. But the confession killer, that's why they call him that, he confessed so much that finally they're like, okay, death penalty, since you killed this person. And then he's like, whoa, I didn't know that was an option. I thought I was just going to extend my already 300 plus years in prison. One second. I want to recant everything. Okay, so now think about it. You you have a killer that's confessed to all this and then he recants everything. You can't trust anything anymore. Right. At all. So, in fact, let me get to that now. You guys are getting me all freaking... Uh, Anyway, I was I was talking I about I really want to watch this documentary now. I was talking about John Walsh got one other thing to say. In two thousand six, President Bush signed the Adam Walsh Child Protection and Safety Act, expanded the National Sex Offender Registry and stronger penalties for crimes against children. Adam Walsh was in the Sears parking lot and he gets lost outside. Otis picks him up in his car and he says something to the effect of Are you lost, little boy? Or actually, he calls everyone sugar. And if you watch him in his oh, interview, he'll call him sugar. Are you sugar? Are you, are you lost? A man should not say sugar. Unless he's talking to a female, but even still, please don't. Now, you Otis. Not, man, I don't know. Better not call me sugar. I guess I shouldn't say should call a female sugar. I'm just saying it, it's more common. Yeah, it definitely. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All weird. Mm, no. Now, basically. He gets in the car. He thinks he's going to be in trouble because, number one, he's not where he's supposed to be. He's six years old. His mom told him to stay in this one area. However, the security guard kicked everyone out. He's not going to say no to an adult. He is outside right now, and this man pulls up saying, do you need to find your mama? I can drive you to where your mama is. Just go ahead and get in. Then he quickly realizes that this man was lying to him. I mean, he's six years old. He doesn't know what he's doing, you know. Otis's confession, and I'll just break it down the least gruesome I can. He started punching him in the face when Adam started crying until he thought he was dead. Mm. And the little six-year-old was dead. And this is a quote from the book that we're reading tonight. He said, He wrapped his fingers around little Adam's tiny throat and squeezed as tightly as he could until he could feel the bones. He then takes them to a spot on the Florida Turnpike, which I'll, there's a guy on the YouTube video, which I'll put on talkmer.com. I don't know the guy's name, but I'll link his video on there. He actually, I guess, I guess he goes to different crime scenes, but he goes and films the area which is now right off a big interstate it was an interstate at the time where this murder happened but now it's like expanded a lot of traffic 
and he goes down there. There's a little drainage ditch, and it's all wooded and grassy area. And you know, this was in 1981. Some of the stuff is still there. Like there was this pole that was sticking up that was mm-hmm. in the police photos. It's still there. Anyway, that's where they found little Adam's head. And they never found his body, even to this day. Otis said he buried it at his mom's house. However, they they couldn't find it. So no one knows if he no one knows if he actually killed him or not. To be honest, a lot of people think he didn't kill him, and that it was Dahmer. But on his deathbed confession, he did confess to his niece that he did. So, and plus John Walsh, he believes that he did. So you know who's to say he didn't. He then once Adam is quiet enough, they pull off to the side of the highway and. They're kind of in this little drainage ditch area. Mm-hmm. Otis takes a machete out of the trunk of his Cadillac, and within three, it took him three cuts to take the boy's head off. The reason he did that, why would you think he would cut his head off? So they can't identify him as easily. Yeah. So this is one reason why this is one reason why John Walsh and the Detectives believe that it was Otis because Otis learned this from his friend Henry Lee Lucas about cutting the head off because of the dental records at the time was a sure way to identify a body. And how are you going to put someone in prison and for murder if you can't even identify who it was? If you just find someone's body, you can't identify anything off that. Now, you know, we got fingerprints and other types of DNA and stuff like that. In his first confession, he claimed that he took the corpse, the body, and took a, a an abandoned refrigerator. This is part of his M.O. He puts the body in the refrigerator and then uses it like an incinerator. Basically lights the body on fire and it burns in that controlled area until it's nothing but ash types of thing. Now, they did find blood in his car. Now, this is strange, but DNA wasn't there where we could check it just yet. 1996, it was DNA. We can check it. However, when a detective was assigned to the case, the carpet was mysteriously gone. Hmm. So no one actually knows if he did it or not. All right. So this is from uh, Jacksonville.com. Case closed, but questions remain. Questions linger about Adam Walsh's death. And it says, uh, I can't really read this thing. One second. I can read it. Good for you. Okay. If you can read it, read it. Do it. A quarter century ago, Adam Walsh's second killer. A, I thought you were kidding, and I'm kind of. I'm like incredibly impressed. I that know you, can, you yeah. must have like forty twenty vision. Accompanied police to a bus. Just bench read the outside. yellow, Jen. Oh. That's why I have any. Then Otis Tool <laughs> went with authorities to Turnpike, where he and Adam, where he said Adam cried for his mother. Later, they stopped a bridge. They stopped at a bridge where a Jacksonville resident said he hacked off the boy's head. Okay, now this, I'm going to kind of go through this real quick. This you were is, just showing off, that's all. You wanted to show, you could read all of it. <laughs> no, I, I got confused, I'm sorry. I'll like put all it. this on Talkmore. I'm I'll, impressed. I'll put all this on Talkmore.com, but there was something that came out called the Lucas Report. This is the only time they ever done this, I'm pretty sure, but they actually formed a task force for Henry Lee Lucas to prove every you know, the thousands of murders he committed wrong. There was a, a task force just to prove it wrong. Because think about it. All right, you 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 confessed to all these murders you didn't commit. 
What does that mean? That means some asshole that did commit the murder is in the street right now. So they have to go back and figure out if he actually did any of these. That's fucking Mm -hmm. bad. Mm -hmm. That police department should be ashamed of themselves, man. It's a lot of wasted work because if they took it seriously to begin with, they wouldn't have to disprove and then reprove and... Yeah, and this, uh, what you're seeing now, and I'll put this on talkmore.com, this is from the Hollywood Police Department. It's just his confession. Uh, let me see. This is from Dr. Ronald Wright's finding. The victim was decapitated, lying face down. The victim's head was chopped off close to the skull. The victim received blows to the face around the eyes and had fractures to his nose, which some of this stuff wasn't put in the police report. So the fact that he was punching them, they believe a story, stuff like that. Dr. Wright believes the child was dead before decapitation. Dr. Wright's findings are that the head was severed in five blows. I said three. Uh, Dr. Wright's findings are that the instrument used was probably a machete type tool. And he advised that the perpetrator had to use two hands on the machete for the necessary force. Holy Mm. Jesus Christ. Uh, Dr. Wright's findings are that the perpetrator had to be right-handed and was probably decapitating the victim from the victim's right side. So I'll put that on talkmore.com if you guys want to see it. But that that's as far as we're going into the Adam Walsh case, because that is actually not the story tonight. This story is about two people. It's hard to actually fit them together, but that's what I'm trying to do tonight. That's why it's a two-parter. Yeah, two-parter. Ooh. Two-parter. They won't be very long each, probably 45 minutes. But the reason Otis Tool gave for killing the six-year-old Adam Walsh is because he missed his best friend, Henry Lee Lucas. What? Not only his best friend, but his lover. And it was a oh. unrequited love. Oh. Well, oh. That's sad that's, for him. That is, yeah. Because. I don't know how to describe that. Unrequited love? No, the, I definitely know what unrequited love is, but I'm just saying. I mean, I could go. I, how much time do you have? Um, that he, were they, was only, was one had, uh, homosexual and the other heterosexual, and that's why it was unrequited? What the hell, y'all drank all the beer? There's more. Y'all drank all that damn beer? There's like 10, ca- 10 cans on this damn table. Yes. Kendra, are you ready for another while I go get done another? Uh, yeah. All right, who you're looking at now is 10-year-old Frida. This is the niece of Otis Tool. And I guess that this is his demise because he kills somebody he knows. No, this has oh. nothing to do with it. I'm, I'm actually Damn introducing it. this. I'm actually introducing you guys, the audience, to Henry Lee Lucas through Otis's niece. Now, oh. this isn't how Otis and Henry met. But I think that this is the best possible breaking point because I'm going to do two episodes with with these. The first one, we're going to focus extensively on Henry Lucas's background. The second one is going to be on Otis's background. They're both equally fucked up. One probably more than the other, but they're just both ridiculous. So I definitely want to do both. But it is really hard to... To sketch, to it's really hard to map out the story when there's so many moving parts. These guys go all over the nation killing people, and half of them are false confessions. Some of them are real. Criminologists today believe that between the two, they killed forty. That we know they've killed people. There's sure. no doubt about that. They just didn't kill three thousand people. 
yeah, that is ridiculous. And that is a huge disservice to families of victims. Everyone, yeah, Yeah, because they're still victims that no one knows. And the killer is literally probably still walking on the street because they just took him at face value. And they were like, well, how does he know so much about the case? Well, you read the thing. He was flying in private jets. He had no handcuffs on. He got to look at the case files for freak's sake. How do you think he knows so much about it? You know? Anyway, so this is 10-year-old Frida. This is the niece of Otis Toole. So Henry Lee Lucas looks at this girl right here and finds her very attractive. Oh, no. And this is Henry Lee Lucas right here, if you want to describe him. He looks like a Disney villain. <laughs> it's almost like he's got a bad Elvis hairstyle. <laughs> he does look like a Disney villain. Yeah, he looks like Rose, Elvis. Rosy, yeah, yeah, really yeah. rosy cheeks, um, red face, and some missing teethers. Can't. Would you believe if I tell you this guy had a way with the ladies? Before, I after bet he, he was lost a, his teeth. I bet he was a charmer. He was a charmer. I bet he made the ladies laugh. Now, uh, a thing about Henry Lee Lucas, as I'll get into in pretty good detail, is he only has one eye. And his one eye seeps out this pussy stuff yeah. that uh, smells oh. very putrid. And, I'm glad. And ladies love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you look past that, then, you know. But he, he had a heart of gold, except not because he's a killer. Yeah. This is where I'm starting the story. They are on a killing spree. Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Toole. Together. Together. Because that's what they love doing. And and who was in love with who? Otis Toole, who we're going to talk about next week, uh-huh. had very intense love for Henry Lee Lucas. Otis Toole is a 100% homosexual. Henry Lee Lucas... I don't even think he's bisexual, but he did entertain that every once in a while. Got it. Yeah, exactly. So you'll see Maybe here in a second. Maybe he's bi-curious. Well, they did have sex a lot, huh. but I think that was just to please Otis. Interesting. Okay. Otis. Like a control dominance thing? Otis, once they meet, and I'll tell you how they meet here in a little bit, but once they meet, Otis was completely infatuated with Henry Lee Lucas. In love with him, but he never ever got that love back. In fact, the last phone conversation they ever they've ever had was in 1997, I believe. He had called him on the phone, and they were in separate prisons. And he finally, Otis finally, put his heart out there. <laughs> you guys are like, this it, is so sad. It, like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like tearing if up. If it Please wasn't a story. serial killer, I would feel bad. So I don't know how I should. I feel. mean, I kind of still do feel bad because. Like, unrequited love is my jam, but continue your story. He's put his heart out there before to Henry, but this time he really let it all out. And he was just hoping for something. He didn't get it. Henry didn't give it back to him. And then he dies right after. Otis dies. Otis Otis dies of liver failure. And heartbreak. (laughs) Heartbreak. Okay. Well, I mean, it's so hard to let your feelings out there, especially... When you have been through such traumatic events with someone, and even if such as not... murdering people exactly. together, exactly, I'm not. It creates def- a real bond. It does. Like you can't talk about it with anyone else. And even if it wasn't murder, like if you've been 
like if you have these feelings for someone and you've been holding them in and like if they've just kind of just been um dis like dismissed it's it's painful and you just want to tell the world how you feel about someone and you can't do that and it's it's sad about this guy yes you can tell his eye his uh left eye he's like left eye that singer left eye left eye lopez yeah yeah lisa she's dead Yep. Besides, this guy is a, a psychopathic serial killer. I not mean, like you know, there's a lid to every pot. <laughs> so they were bouncing around, literally Bonnie and Clyde style, around the southern states. They've hit all of the sudden southern states. In fact, okay, I didn't verify this, but my mom told me a few times growing up that my grandfather actually had a run-in with Otis Tool. No way. Yeah, they were like chasing him. Through the pasture. In the farm? Yeah. In the, South Carolina. The yeah, one in, in South Carolina. No, not in Gilbert, in Saluda, where they live. Oh, wow. Yeah. The, the, well, one, my the, the one that we've been to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Through Whoa. that pasture farm. Whoa. Wait, what about Oklahoma? Because some people say that Oklahoma is not the South, and some people say that it, <sighs> it is. It ain't the South. It's the Midwest. Well, some people say it's part of the South. You only, there's no only, one says There's that. only four Southern states, Jen. You got South Carolina. We don't count Florida. You got Georgia, <laughs> Alabama, and then Louisiana. That's the South. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm okay. not saying that That's it is. A, I've I just didn't heard, know that. I have just heard that that people have said that it's part of the South because you go with the Mason-Dixon line. Now, I am not arguing for or against. I was just asking. Texas ain't the South because that's their own thing. You that's their own country. country. All right. So anyway. State of Texas. All right. Let's get this going. They're bouncing around the southern states, killing people because they love to kill people. They love it, love it, love it. And they're having sex. And the, the book that we're reading, which we're going to talk about in a second, goes into grave detail about all the sex they're having with each other. We can skip that part. They end up in Jacksonville and they, they bounce around. They're staying with Otis's family. He's got an older sister named Drusilla. It's like Dracula. <laughs> Omar's mom is Drusilla. Really? I know someone yes. that goes by Drew whose middle Drew. name is Drusilla. Her, her, she goes by Drew, but her name is Drusilla. Well, the person I know, that, that Drusilla How? is her middle name, but she chooses to go by Drew instead of her first name. Drusilla is her fucking first name. Drusilla, which I've Cruella never... Cruella DeVille, right? That's what that reminds you Reminds of. Pris- yeah. Priscilla. Yeah, that, yeah. Where does Scylla even come from? That has to I be a know. root of name. I don't know, but it's starting to itch. Syphilis? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Drusilla has two children. They're actually twins. I had never heard of another Drusilla. This is amazing. I didn't know that you knew a Drusilla. Yeah. The twins' name is Frank and Frida. Frida is the 10-year-old girl that Henry Lucas falls deeply in love with. Now, Henry Lee Lucas, as we'll see, this isn't the first child that he's deflowered, if you will. Raped. I think we you got to use the word raped yes. when it's a... Oh. When it's Child. a rape, well, yeah. I mean, just it, it's a, a sure. Yes, he took her virginity, but it was a rape. It's yes. not like this was a romantic. This was two sixteen-year-olds having this, consensual sex. This kind of was because no, it wasn't. Oh, I, I know. I'm not, child. You no, can't consent I, when you're ten years old. I get it, but I'm going to tell you, Becky falls in love with Henry Lee Lucas. That's Wait, what I I'm thought you said say. her name was Frida. Her name is Frida. However, as soon as Henry Lee Lucas meets her, he starts calling her Becky. Now, this Weird. this is a, a thing that 
child abductors do. It's uh, something in the psychology. They call them by a different name, something about when they take them out in public, something like that. I didn't really yeah. go deep into get, it, makes sense. but they, yeah. this is a thing they do. They, they change the name. And then once the child starts responding to that new name, it's harder for them to get caught. But so. it's, she fell in love with them because it's Stockholm syndrome. I, I don't know why she fell in love with him. Maybe because her uncle loved him and so she decided to love she him. Only... No, it sounds like Stockholm Syndrome. I mean, for like, sure. Well, so Can her... you lo- really like fall in love with someone at 10? Well, all right. Th- here's... No, I didn't know what that was at 10 years old. I mean, I loved someone at 10 years old. At 10 years old, we were in what grade? Fifth. Fifth. So you have like crushes. Uh, yeah, but you not, had like, crushes. You don't meet your true love at No, I never 10. had. I mean, I've. There was a lot of people crushed on me. Uh huh. But you know, it's like get in line, yo. What the hell? I have Resident, Resident Evil One. I'm so lucky. <laughs> I'm the first one to have PlayStation. This is a dynamic that I want you to think about. Otis is in completely fallen in love with Henry, but now Henry is falling in love with his ten year old niece. That's awkward. Okay. On so many levels. It's just bad yeah. and awkward. She eventually rides with them. In the murder, and they're doing a tour, like a tour of America, murdering people. It's like this whole thing they're doing. Like traveling. how you collect the different quarters for each state, or you get a souvenir from each state. They just kill someone in each state. Yeah. That's terrible. In 1981, so this is right after they got there, the mother is found by the two kids, Frank and Becky, Frida hanging in her apartment oh. by her neck, by her no- a noose around her neck. It turned out that she committed suicide, if you want to believe that. I, I don't think that happened. I think Henry Lee Lucas killed her. That's just my opinion. But her official cause of death was she took her own life. The children walked in and found their mother hanging. Mm, that's okay. terrible. Kind of like The Wire with D'Angelo Barksdale. After that... I'm so yeah, glad you're I was watching this. so fucking pissed when he died too. You talking about the the one that was yeah, tra- in yeah, the library? Yeah. Oh man! But you man, you can't be snitching, yo. He didn't snitch. Yeah, but he was going to. Yeah, but you know what? Like he was going to help the law. It don't matter. But That's why you get stop strung it. up. Oh my god, stop it! You don't. snitches get stitches, yo. Shut up. <laughs> you sound like Bodie. Bodie. Okay. In 1981, like I said, the mother hangs herself. The children find the body. 1982 is, or right after that, is when Frida, Becky, falls deeply in love with Henry. And also in 1982, the three of them flee Florida. Now, the son, because there was a twin son, ended up in a mental hospital. Oh, poor thing. They basically left him at the house alone. The cops came and got him, and he was so messed up from seeing his own mom hanging there that he's put in a mental institution. These three are now fleeing Florida, which I'm going to tell you why. And they're on a killing spree. They leave Florida and they're going on this murder tour together. All three of them. However, Otis tool gets really sick. He's got liver problems, liver failure. He's been an alcoholic since he was like four, literally They've been drinking since a, a kid. He's got liver problems. They drop him off at the hospital. Now, this is not what he wants because he's in complete love with Henry. The two of them, Becky and Henry, they drive up to Maryland and they get married, if you will. She lasted till 16 years old. 
Does that mean he killed her? She was 15 years old when they were officially living in Maryland. And up there, she she was, uh, he actually got a real job as a, in a scrapyard trying to do right, I guess. And she found out because he got arrested for three months for molesting another little girl. And he was put up in a prison and she was actually extradited back to Florida. Quote, he drew out his machete and set to work, severing each of the limbs at the joints, taking off her head and burying it by the roadside before heading out into the big dark emptiness to scatter the other parts to the wind. It wasn't Becky, not anymore. The cops actually find her head and they start finding, they, they're looking, they find her other body parts, her arms, and they're all spread across the interstate. All right, now let's get to his childhood because that's what we want to talk about. Mm. All right, I'll go through this kind of quick. Henry Lee Lucas was born on August 23rd, 1936. He was born on the raw dirt floor of the family's log cabin. Mm. Okay, this is not my childhood. I was born in 86. He was born in Blackbird, Virginia, in the woods in Blackbird, Virginia. There was no plumbing or electricity in the cabin. I believe we have been to Blackbird, Virginia, and it is, huh? it's on the... Have we? Uh, driving up north. Oh, when we went in the RV? Mm-hmm. Did we stop there? I believe we did. There was no plumbing in, in the cabin, no electricity. He spent most of his childhood, however, not in the cabin, but in the chicken coop outside. Oh. All right. He actually gnawed on wood in the chicken cabin and ate a lot of the chicken droppings. The- so he was like completely feral. Like he was, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And actually, that's a really good point. I have a quote in here that um, one of the teachers called him something to do with Pharaoh. I'll, I'll say that in a minute. But anyway, he was gnawing on the wood, which back then it had lead in it. Mm. So he started suffering from poison disorders, lead poisoning and cadmium poisoning from eating chicken shit out in a chicken coop. OK, you can pretty much surmise that he did not have a great. A family life, as far as his mom and dad. They, they literally banned him into the chicken coop, right? Almost like Harry Potter, but the Virginia version. The cupboard under the stairs. By his teenage years, the cadmium smell actually seeped out of his pores. And that would remain for the rest of his life, especially... What does that smell like? I don't know. I never ate chicken, chicken shit. shit, apparently. It... What they were describing is very stingy, very vinegary. Like, especially the stuff coming out of his eyeball... It's it almost burns your nostrils, you know, like uh, it's, um, what do you like apple cider vinegar almost? Like, I thought you were gonna say Sex Panther, or like an ammonia almost. <laughs> yeah, like an ammonia. So wait, so he was like in the chicken coop through his teens? Like, yeah, no, through his since he was a little boy, he lived in the chicken coop. Did he have any siblings that like? Yeah, he had. Uh, did they live in chicken uh, nearly forty siblings? What? what? <laughs> Did they okay. all live in chickens? <laughs> Someone was busy. Okay, so he had to be seated next to the window in school. So obviously he's bullied because of the smell. The school actually complains about the smell. The mother goes down to the school. She is just completely pissed at him about the smell, even though it's not his fault. She goes into a rage. She drags him when she gets home. She drags him down by the small pond on the property. She strips him naked, she molests him, and then he- holds his head underwater. 
She then beat him unconscious and threw him back in the chicken coop, saying, quote, They want him to be a pretty smelling little girl, then that's what we'll give him. She finds a dress that was supposed to be for one of her daughters, and she makes Henry go to school the next day in the dress. That's terrible. But can I ask, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that we don't necessarily believe him, but whose account was it that she molested him? Because if it's his account, can we believe it? Yeah, all of his siblings were also. Yeah, just hold on. Well, actually, let me good go question. to that. That's a really good question. Let me just go on that right now. Let me just talk about the mother and you can uh, decide for yourself. The mother, all of her sons and daughters moved far away from her as they possibly could. Her name was Viola. She was 50 years old when Henry Lucas was born. Ooh. She was still working as the town prostitute. Oh, that would explain the 40 other siblings. They were all... They were Although, all but step, still like <sighs> they were every one of them were got to be part the dad. Yeah, hopefully. Nine no, months no, 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 times no, no. 40 doesn't add up. The father, well to say that the father was an alcoholic and he became employed when he was working on the railroads cuz he got so hammered that he laid down across the track severing both of his legs. The father, his name is Anderson, it was confined to a wheelchair. The mother Viola would push him in the corner because all he had was a broomstick. So think of this old man with a broomstick pushed himself around in this log cabin. And the mother would kick him in the corner and make him watch <gasps> her as she had sex with her clients. That's cruel. The father never had sex with Viola after this. All of the children were stepchildren. So these Just are. Just of Viola. Yeah, he had his. Well, 40 is still mathematically impossible if it's just. Unless it's twins. No, she was 50 when she had Henry. 50 years old when she had Henry. I know, but, right, but nine months, like 40 years. When you start conceiving a, on average. As a baby a year, she would have to have kids from the age that she was 13 to 60. It says here, the mother gave birth I mean, I guess, to over 30 plus bastard children. That's exact from the police reports. That's what it says. Holy shit. Now, she ever, had to have twins and triplets. Ryan Green in his book says, the book uh, that Ryan Green wrote says, quote, every day that her genitalia were out of commission due to yet another unwanted baby was a day that the family was losing the pittance of money that she got paid for sex, typically about 10 cents per customer. That's fucking cheap. (laughs) Well, that's in the 40s. That's still cheap. Now, the mother was a, a demon, a literal demon. He would. She would not only push her husband in the corner and make him watch her having sex. She denied him the one thing that he looked forward to or needed to survive. Alcohol. Alco- alcohol. He was an alcoholic. She would not even give him that. So he is completely useless. Can't do anything by himself. Has to watch his own wife. With all these customers, and then he can't even get drunk. That shit sucks. Well, she had long been using emasculation as a tool to control her husband. Every time she had a client come calling, she would prop her husband up in a corner of the room and make him watch. The campaign of abuse that she had inflicted on both Henry and his father to keep them in their place was relentless. 
She insisted that both of them watch as she serviced her clients, sometimes dressing up Henry as a girl and threatening to rent him out alongside herself. Henry was hardly fed. The mother didn't work for his food. That was hers to keep. He could eat chicken shit if he wanted. He gets caught stealing scraps and he's beaten mercilessly for stealing even table scraps. The entire town hated Henry. They were seen as the family that, oh, if you drop out of school, you end up like them Lucas kids, you know, oh, inbreded and, and whatever. That was the family that people would tell, you know, warn their kids about. Okay. That's sad. So he wasn't necessarily bullied, but he was ostracized by the entire town. The entire town. I think I'd rather be bullied than ostracized. Yeah. Not that I would want to pick being bullied. That's terrible. I'm just saying. At least, you know, if you're bullied, people interact with you. His only friend in town was this local mule, this animal mule, right? I was going to say drug mule. Or- no, and um, the farmer that owned it had pity for Henry and actually gave Henry the mule. That's so nice. one day he's walking home with this little rope attached to the mule's neck and all, he's all happy. I'll get to play with you, stuff like that. The mom walks outside with a shotgun. Oh, no. (laughs) And she shoots them. And this is from the book. She shot the mule right in the face. Henry was sprayed with blood. In 1949, the winter of 1949, after the father can't take it anymore, he can't even have alcohol. The one thing he needs to stay sane. It was the winter. It was extremely cold. Now, he's got no legs, so he's pushing himself on the broomstick, and the cabin has stairs. So he pushes himself out of the cabin doors when everyone is asleep, and he kind of throws himself off of the stairs in his wheelchair, and he crawls as far as he can. He's going to kill himself. Mm. He's going to get... This is fucked. This is a sad story. He's going to get out of this shit, right? He was nearly dead when the kids found him. And he never regained consciousness after that. And he died, you know, a few a few weeks later in the hospital. Ne- he, that was it. He completed his mission. He finally got rid of his situation. Henry Lucas has brain damage really bad. And a lot of serial killers, a lot of serial killers that we cover had some sort of brain trauma as a child. Henry was out in the in the uh, in the backyard, I believe he is painting a fence or something, and the mother runs out out of nowhere of something Henry did wrong, and she picks up a two by four when Henry's not looking and smacks him as hard as she can, all of her weight forcefully on the back of Henry Lee Lucas's neck. Now he's ten years old at the time, on the back of his head, knocks him completely unconscious. She leaves him there. In the morning, she calls him because she needs some more stuff to do to clean the house or whatever. And he's still laying there on the ground. So she runs over there and starts kicking him in the ribs and breaks some of his ribs. She's kicking him so hard. She thinks he's dead, so she just leaves him there. Her pimp, Uncle Bernie, is actually the one that saved this 10-year-old's life. He puts him in the back of his pickup truck, the pimp does, and brings him to the hospital. Okay. The medical staff were surprised that this kid was even alive at all. He woke up, and when he did wake up weeks later, he was 
different. He was slower somehow, they noticed. The doctors scanned his brain and they said he had, quote, extensive brain damage and that he was he had oxygen deprived retardation. That was what they put in their notes. All right. After the brain damage from now on, constant seizures. His eyes would roll to the back of his head. He'll foam at the mouth. If you watch the interviews of him, you can notice it, too. He does these little yips and scream like, yip, yip, kind of, you know, like ticks almost. They, at the time, um, they diagnosed him as having grandma seizures. Okay. Okay. He would have violent convulsions. And this is from the book. It says, quote, one minute he would be fined. The next he would be flopping around the ground, helpless and lost in the black static of his own brain. Henry Lucas only has one eye. His left eye is completely gone, as you saw in the pictures. Mm -hmm. And out of that eye comes this stingy, pugnant smell that can never get rid of. In fact, it was, it was, it had bacteria in it. And he didn't actually get it cleaned of the infection. It was infected. His eye? Yeah, for years. It was infected. And his mother never took him to the hospital. The only, he finally got his eye socket cleaned out and a glass eye put in when he had his first prison stay. And then the medical staff made him get it cleaned out. And then they gave him a glass eye. That was the only time he's, he didn't even have an eye patch. It was just a hole in his head. And this is how it happened. He would, he would occasionally lose his connection between his mind and body after the brain damage, after his mom hit him with a two by four and he was walking outside and, and he's very sloppy when he walks. You can tell in the videos because he doesn't have that instant connection, you know, with your brain and your body. Mm-hmm. He stumbles out of the cabin doors and the deck at the time was completely rotten. I mean, it's still obviously it's probably not even there, but it was completely rotted out. He falls through the deck and there was a, an exposed rusty nail about six inches that was sticking out of the bottom of the deck. And his ass fell right on it, oh, went no. right through his eye socket <gasps> and into his brain. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Now, he's still ten- That's like Phineas Gage, but <laughs> not a railroad spike. He is still 10 years old. He's 10 years old when this happens. Oh, now, my goodness. Now, the teacher was sympathetic for... Lucas, she actually felt really sorry for him. But there was one instant where there was two boys behind him making jokes, not about him. No one would make jokes about him. Oh, okay. Because the Lucas boys, and there was thirty plus of them, all and boys gir- and, and girls too. Okay. They they would. I mean, they were like, you know, you see like children of the corn. They have knives and they just they will <laughs> fucking kill you. They don't give a shit. I mean, look at them. Anyway, there were two boys joking about something, and the teacher. Got pissed. She's like, shut the fuck up. She took a ruler and threw it at the boys behind Henry. Oh, my god! But she missed and hit Henry instead, if you want to read this. She turned and flung a ruler at the boy. She missed. The little slip of the wood hammered into Henry's empty eye socket (gasps) and stuck there. Oh, no. He screamed like a pig being skinned alive. She had to twist it to get it loose. Oh, no. Jesus. Oh my god, that's terrible! But I like want to laugh, but I don't because it's really sad. She twisted it and then pulled oh. it out. Now this is where the smell comes from. From now on, his eyeball would leak these quote milky white tears and have a putrid smell. Yeah. Okay, one more thing. <laughs> one more thing about his 
his uh, childhood growing up. I thought this was... Uh, yes, I'm going to need an- get another drink. <laughs> I thought this was interesting. The father... Now, Henry's 14 years old, and the father's now dead. Okay, he would hang out with his stepbrothers, because they were family, right? And the stepbrothers would always hunt small animals, squirrels and rabbits. And he was like, man, I want to do this so bad with you guys. It seems fun. What do you guys actually do? You guys don't eat them or, you know, you just throw them back dead or like, what What do you do after, you know? He found out that his brothers were killing dead squirrels and rabbits <gasps> because no. they wanted to have sex with him. And if you... <laughs> What's wrong? <laughs> Oh, this oh, gets worse shit. and worse. Like 14, that seems like a good age for him to just, you know, cease existing. Yeah. Poor thing. It doesn't get any it's better. It's not getting better. Yeah. Oh, like, I wanna... can only think of like Thumper and Flower getting from fucked. Bambi. Getting fucked by a deliverance. Stop. <laughs> it was Henry who discovered that slitting the throat of an animal was just... Just as he was approaching his orgasm, led it to bucking around in a particularly thrilling way. It was Henry who proved time and time again that it was quite happy to go on fucking an animal after it was dead. Okay, I need to go get another drink now. When Henry Lee Lucas turns 15 years old, him and his cousins, or his stepbrothers, would drive through Richmond, Virginia, and they started robbing stores and breaking and entering into houses stealing jewelry and fencing them off so that now they have money and money is what makes women attracted to men. That's scientifically proven. Money makes the world go round. So at 15 years old, Henry Lee Lucas is popular because he's the only one with the car mm. and he actually had dates. So let's talk about his first date. Oh, all right. Oh God. I feel like we don't want to hear I this. I know. <laughs> He's like, it's with a squirrel. <laughs> no. Well, the first time, his first date was with a girl in school. And he really liked her a lot. And he seemed like a pretty sweet kid. He was 15 years old. She was actually using him because of his car and because he had money so she can go to the movies and to Sonic drive-in or whatever. Fucking love Sonic. Oh. It is so good. Now, You've, I've never been to <gasps> I will have that to That is stop. something you have to do while you're still down here. Just stop there on is the way one back. like probably half an hour from my house. Yeah, in Swansea. Oh, so come. good. A cherry limeade and a soft pretzel, girl. That's all you need. All right, tomorrow, Jen, we're Sonic, Sonicking it up. That's fine. Mm. This date when Henry was 15 is the first time he's actually lost his virginity and i'm not talking about into um with a squirrel what was that squirrel's name that rabbit you're talking about thumper 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 Thumper. was a rabbit thumper flower was the skunk not pumping the thumping the (laughs) (laughs) pumper pumper thumper i'm talking about with an actual female okay thumper pumper you mean when she was when he was 15 he actually loses his virginity and but here's the thing they go to an abandoned wooded area oh no and she refused oh good for her okay so he rapes a woman as and that's how he loses his virginity so she refused and henry lee lucas gives her an ultimatum 
An old tomato. That's what I like to call him. An old tomato. Old tomato. She, he gives her an old tomato, and she says, nope, I'm not going to do it. And so he says, fine. And then he goes for her throat. <gasps> oh, no. So if you want to read this, this is how he loses his virginity for the first time. Oh, no. Was she dead already? Once she was dead, he made a swift work of her underwear, slicing it off and tossing it aside. He was intimately familiar with the mechanics of sex, having spent much of his life in a, f- in a front row seat of a whorehouse, and it didn't take him long before he was happily humping away at the still warm corpse. Oh, no. Now, not only did he lose his virginity to a teenage girl's corpse, he also enjoyed it quite a bit, and this is his M.O. from now on. He doesn't want to have sex with you, while you're alive, at least he likes it when you're dead. Not just, uh, not just a lot of killers will kill and then it's like, ah, oh, fuck it. I guess I'll go ahead and do this anyway. He prefers it. Remember all the squirrels and stuff and Thumper, they were dead. So, and his first time he's losing his virginity, she was dead. So, so he to- doesn't even know. Like he could be with a woman that was alive and it would be lovely, but he's like, yeah, this works. Yeah, and the rabbits were good. So, but like upgrade, perhaps does it count though? Does it count if she's not alive? This is sounds really. I mean, someone with like a moral code, I would say no. But you know, like I I don't even know how to classify this fucked up shit. That's uh, ugh. I just makes me want to be sick. That makes me so upset. The girl who is still completely unknown may have been Laura Burnley. But nobody is sure. She was a 17-year-old that went missing. Even Henry didn't even remember her name. Well, that's terrible. <laughs> that's, like, even worse. Yeah, and she was never found because she he just dumped her out in the woods there. And this was, I mean, forever ago. So, And he was 15? 15, yeah. Let's talk about his first prison stay. We're, we're getting through his, and we're going to talk about... He actually gets married once, and then... We'll talk about Otis, because his story is fun. Even better. His first prison stay, he was arrested in 1954, several counts of burglary. He got six years in prison at the Beaumont Training School for Boys, but the st- and, and the staff described him there as, quote, a boy gone feral, end quote. Oh, <laughs> he, there you go, Kendra. He escapes the juvie center, because he's still under 18, he escapes after just one month. He climbs over the wall. He goes home to his mother's house, to Viola's house. He always has this affinity with his mom. And he always just keeps going back to her, as you're about to see. Even though she beats the fuck out of him, she molests him. All of her, all of his stepbrothers, they actually made it a point to move far away across the country. A lot of them live in like California and stuff, just so they don't have to be anywhere near the mother. She was awful to all of them. So Henry, being the youngest of the bunch and the most easily persuadable, I guess, goes back to Viola's home after the day the after he escaped from the juvie center. There, he finds a his one of his niece living there, the twelve year old niece living there. He takes this niece, this twelve year old, behind the chicken coop. And he rapes her. Mm. A day after this, he was picked up by the local sheriff who was looking for the escaped 
juvie that jumped the wall. He's sent to adult prison after he's picked up from the sheriff. This is when he finds out that he actually loves prison. So if you go back to the confessions, I mean, I w- I'd rather be in prison. He's getting fed. Yep. He's not eating chicken shit. He's not gnawing on lead paint. You know what I'm saying? He's actually got pretty good friends in there. It's kind of like Trailer Park Boys when, uh, what's his name? He's like, I, I like prison, man. Like, prison's fun time, you know, get in there, clear your mind. Don't be dissing jail. <laughs> yeah. So he, he actually loves prison. And this is the first time he actually got his glass eye, which was good. And the first time that he's found out that he actually, he didn't know men could have sex before with each other. He didn't. He just never put it two and two together that, oh, I could have sex with a man. Because if he would have thought that, he would have tried it with his cousins and his brothers. But they just never thought about it. So he decides, I, you know, I can have sex with men. That's great. I get sex all I want. He became the most popular inmate in the prison. Because he wanted to have sex? Yeah, because everyone was just going through him, you know. He was paroled at 23 for good behavior. And in 1959, he goes to stay with his half-sister in Michigan. He goes up to Michigan and he meets through his pen pal network in prison a girl named Stella. Now, Stella is one of those uh, ladies that uh, likes the prison love life. And she's done this before. And uh, shout out one of our supporters, D. Her daughter's name Stella. I don't That's know. That's right. Know that. We did our surprise shop for her. Stella. For Stella. Oh, for D. Well, for, for D. D today. Now this is from the papers about this Stella right here that he married. She was repulsive. She was also an alcoholic, and she wanted a man to provide for her. He actually goes and gets an honest job with honest pay, and he proposes down on one knee i want to become a changed man i want to marry you once viola the mother found out that her baby boy was getting married she flipped and she drives all the way down to michigan and she stops the wedding she pushed past stella and took a hold of henry's shirt what are you thinking boy what filthy little thoughts are slamming around that head of yours he couldn't even meet her eye I'm getting married, mama. Ain't no woman gonna ever marry you. You're scum. Girls would toss out their boots if they got smeared on them. Nobody ever loved a child dirty bastard like you, Henry Lee. Not nobody. She leaned in close enough that he could smell her foul breath. Not once I tell them about what you did. Once they know you, you, who you are, ain't nobody is ever gonna love you. For the first time in months, his missing eye began to weep. Mama, please. Please? I don't remember you never saying please to me before. Don't remember you saying please to me. None of them animals or them children you put your dirty little pecker into. Neither. Did you think I didn't know, Henry? Do you think I didn't know what you were up to, you filthy little bastard, you monster? <laughs> I thought that was interesting. So great. That's from Ryan Green's book. It's a talent gem. <laughs> it is. Me? I'm getting married, mama. I wasn't good. Okay, well, that's you... just like your normal summer <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Stella's there. They're happily. He's about to start anew and be a happy man. She starts punching and slapping him in the face. Stella leaves. She's like, I can't deal with this. It's over. You got What mom- are other wedding guests doing? Like, if I was just <laughs> sitting there and, like, mama just came up and was, like, beating the shit out of the Nowadays, kids, it'd like... be on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> What is it, Death Star? 
that they put all the fights on? Uh, oh, world, not Death Star. World this. Star Hip Hop or something? Star, yeah, well, it's Death Star. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so he never saw Stella again. And he became a, a literal alcoholic that night. He started chugging liquor, whiskey, whatever. He goes back to his sister, who he is staying with. The mom shows up as he, he's passed out sleeping. The mom shows up. She spits on him in his bedroom, starts kicking him, starts kicking him. Henry finally snaps, pulls out a knife, sticks it right in her throat, his own Ooh. mother's throat. Yeah. I guess I would be upset, too, if my mom interrupted my wedding like that. Now, here's the thing. The knife wound didn't actually kill her. It actually barely, and this they use the word, like, nicked. It nicked her artery just very slightly so here's what happened he hits the knife into the mother's neck it nicks her neck his sister wasn't there that night she was working so she won't be home for a little bit henry storms out and he he leaves the mother is bleeding out drip by drip because it barely nicked her artery so the whole night but it did nick her artery eight hours go by she is dying on the floor as blood is dripping 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 until she's finally dead Mm. so she kind of gets what she deserves however henry gets 40 years in prison for this and he could parole in 20 which he does even though he tells the doctor he's sent to southern michigan state prison and he tells the doctor i don't want to parole if you parole me i'll kill someone tonight they parole him anyway. They say, I, we can't do anything. The prisons are overcrowded. He actually tells the doctor, if you parole me, I'll put a body on your doorstep. Wow. <laughs> what? He kills two women, not even a mile from that prison, the day he's let out. And, and those are proven. Wow. He really didn't want to be let out of prison. Well, okay. three squares in a, in a cot, you know. Yeah. Now, from now on, he's going to try multiple times in prison to kill himself because his mother, he had such a weird attachment to his mother. He's diagnosed with, quote, schizoid delusions. He And they actually try to electroshock therapy his brain, which makes things better for him. Totally. He's released for prison within 10 years of serving a 40-year sentence of overcrowding. He, Like I said, he tells the prison... A psychiatrist, quote, I will leave a body on your doorstep, end quote. August 22nd, 1970, they kick him out of prison, even though he doesn't want to go. He goes to a bar, a local bar, a mile down the road. He's drinking, and he finds two other women that also like to drink. So he kills them, and then he has sex with both of their bodies. And and he spent 10 years in prison. He was also, what I forgot to mention, in prison, he was given access to a criminal files. So he actually learned how to do this. Like, oh, this guy got caught because they identified the dental records. Okay, well, I'll just start cutting the head off and, you know, that type of stuff. So now he's a full-blown trained killer, and he knows how to get around this stuff and kill people. So that first night, he kills two bar patrons and, and chops their heads off and has sex with their bodies after that. Fucking crazy, isn't it? Yeah, yes, for sure. I would say so. I'm gonna skip. Uh, I'm gonna skip his second marriage because it's getting way too long. But he does get married a second time. He actually, they live in a trailer park in Maryland. But she kicks him out after she. Her name is Betty. He was doing the right thing. I'm gonna 
construction worker. She kicks him out after her 12-year-old daughter. She is changing the sheets and finds blood on the sheets and immediately knows that he did that to her daughter. So he is standing. He's now kicked out. Nowhere to go. He ends up in Florida in 1978 in a local soup kitchen in Florida. He's homeless, broke. He's an alcoholic. He's got nobody to count on. He's his mother's dead. He's standing behind a six foot eight inch man who had fallen in love with him forever. His name was Otis Tool. So I'm going to stop it here for this episode and we'll get to that one on the next episode. Is that cool? Yep. Look forward to that. And if that's all, I don't have anything else. My name is John. Until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people. 